Hello everyone, welcome to episode 3 of The Deerhorn, a Seattle Lombard podcast for the curious and committed. I'm your host Jay Ryan, and I just wanted to say thanks again for everyone that listened. I've been getting a lot of music submissions, I've been making a lot of new friends, getting lots of good feedback, and I hope that continues. Uh, I wanted to point out one music submission I got sent over in particular, and that was the album Sedna by Lifted Index. You can find that on Bandcamp, I'll throw it in the description here, but uh, it was sent over by Daniel DeWitt, and he did that whole album with a digitone, a Coco Qantas, and guitar. It's beautiful ambient stuff with some intricate guitar parts over top and it's it's quite an enjoyable listen so just wanted to say congrats daniel on the release uh today on the show we have mandy who records as jungle of wires and i recorded this chat with her quite some time ago and just got around to listening again today to do some editing and a lot has changed for her since, but I just wanted to say that this chat was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we jump right into gear and process, and the whole thing is basically all that. She has some great ideas, and uh, I'm really excited for y'all to hear this. So, we talk about how she started out with samplers, why Seat Lombard is great for embracing uncertainty. Uh, we talk quite a bit about the Tetrax organ. The plum butter for processing, which if you've ever seen me on the internet, you know I'm a big advocate of. We talk about Heimbach, who seems to come up every single episode. And uh, syncing the Seat Lombard stuff with more beat-oriented music. Since we've talked, Mandy's released another album called Splinters, you can find on her band camp. Uh, that album was done solely with an Octatrack and Plum Butter 2 slash Plum Butter 2 samples. She's been a very active musician in these pandemic times, uh, playing tons of live streams and just really getting herself out there. So I'm excited to see what the future has in store for you, Mandy. located uh i'm in the netherlands nearby amsterdam so uh i I live near a lot of water and near uh the airport of amsterdam so that's where i'm about so is it uh noisy because of the airport Um, or normally yes but now no (laughs) oh that's good yeah your studio sounds pretty quiet (laughs) Yeah, but it's the pandemic now, so uh, there are not a lot of planes. That's a very good point. (laughs) Yes. So you're close to the water, I imagine it's pretty beautiful there then. Yes. Awesome. Uh, When did you get into making music? Uh, Making music? Oh, that's a long time ago. Um, At first I played in bands. I was a drummer. So I played in a lot of rock bands and... uh, pretty heavy music actually then after a while uh, when I get older 
uh, I went to do some 80s, 70s music in bands still. Like classic yeah, rock? Yeah, mean? that kind of stuff. And yeah, a bit of synth wave things. And there, were, there was a guy with uh, synthesizers. And I think, wow, it's pretty cool. So I asked him what it was. It was a sampler. It was the W30 of Roland. And that's when I started to uh, make uh, electronic music because I wanted something like that. And so I bought my first and I was not satisfied. So I went on samplers, more samplers, more synthesizers. And after a while, it bored me a bit. I wanted to make my own sounds. So after that, the modular came in. And so. And how long ago was this that you got into making music um, with modular? That was at the end of 2017. So that's about. Okay, so no, not that no, long ago. No, not that long ago, no. So, um, but yeah, that still interests me. The modular, you mean? Yeah, the modular. Uh, no no uh, samplers and synthesizers anymore for me. No. Right. So you just have the modular and and I think you have a couple pieces of Seat Lombard, is that right? Yeah. Uh, well, that, that was a bit of a... Yeah, how do you say that? Um, I got into that because of the unexpected things that going on in Seat Lombard and stuff. And uh, I like that. It's not like some preset thing or a lot of the modules in modular nowadays are uh, yeah, digital. That doesn't bother me, but uh, they're uh, predictable. Right. And I just want unpredictable things, I guess. And yeah, yeah. So that cheat Lombarda stuff does pretty unpredictable things. So, um, so that's why I started with uh, Coco Qantas. And that's, yeah, that's a, like a delay thing, looper. And so started to, uh, yeah, loop things in it, like uh, iPad apps, uh, modular, uh, all kind of stuff, field recordings. And then I thought, wow, maybe I needed Tetrax with it uh, because I, yeah, then and some pads behind it and stuff. So I bought it. <laughs> oh, so you have a Tetrax too. I yeah, didn't realize Yeah, that. it's pretty new, but uh, I've got it uh, a couple of weeks now. Yeah. I just got a Tetrax like probably less than Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... It sounds yeah. great. And I just started to patch it, um, just self-patch it. Mm -hmm. And that's even more awesome. But then a friend of mine is, had, had a second-hand plum butter. And he, he said, well, maybe I'm going to sell it. So I said, maybe you have to sell it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought about it. And after a week, he phoned me and he said, well, maybe you want, want to buy a plum butter? 
uh, yeah, maybe I want that. Well, for sure. <laughs> so I got it. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, I, I still try to find things in the plum butter, but yeah, I think it's uh, great. Yeah, I like it. So I know, like, you kind of have uh, some background in, in like, lo-fi and trip-hop, hip-hop, yeah. beat-making in your music. Yes. Does the Plum Butters rhythm kind of work for that? Is, like, how have you been using it? Uh, well, at the moment, I'm using it like a, a, a percussion thing. Uh, I wanted to use it uh, as a beat something, but it's uh, too unpredictable for that um, I can trigger it trigger it with my modular but that's not how I want to uh, work with the plum butter I want I want it to be self-triggered so uh, yeah I uh, use it as a percussion uh, uh, thing so with the next live set I'm preparing it's a percussion uh, uh, instrument. Okay, so you're using it for like kind of like rim shots yes. or toms, yes. bongos. Yes. Bongos. Oh, awesome. Uh, uh, there's a bit of noise in it, so I use it as well. And you use that for like hats or uh, snare no, drums just, or just something. No, just some background noise things. And I like that. A, a bit of noise, a bit of grit. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that when I was listening to your album, uh, Blankets of oh, Thoughts, yeah, I yeah, think it's yeah. called. I was listening to that yesterday, and that was one of the things I noticed. Like, you definitely have a thing for um, having good texture. Yes, yes. I like, I like uh, working with all kinds of, yeah, uh, like, like noise. And it doesn't mean uh, that I like being noise or white noise or something like that, but... Um, more the noise that is coming off the um, texture or it's coming off the instruments. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the plum butter has some really nice noise. It yeah. does. Even those ultrasounds, yes. you can kind of feed anything yeah. in there and get just amazing textures. Yeah, and, and I'm going to use uh, the AUX in um, with the next live set, and that's amazing. The arc. Uh, which one? Um, wait, I have to check. Yeah, take a um, It's the, um, the middle one, so it's going to... Uh, how, does, how do they call it? Yeah, uh, the names? Is it the AV Yeah, the AV yeah. Cool, so it kind of does like some stereo panning. Yes, yes. On oh, your yeah. input. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome that you're using it that way too, because I, I don't think you've had the plum butter for super long either. No, right? um, two weeks now, I th I think. Yeah, two two weeks. Yeah, like <laughs> I didn't even touch the inputs for probably a couple months, mm. but it completely opens yeah. up the instrument to a whole new thing. So it's awesome that you kind of found its usefulness there rather quickly. Yeah, and every time every time I find something new and that's kind of weird because it's so small instrument and um yeah every time you patch something or you you're just touching the wires 
then it's all completely different. Yeah. So and and if I uh, even when I uh, uh, put it off off of the, the the power, so I power it off. Next day, I power it on, and then what? That's a completely different sound. What? How? <laughs> I have to imagine I don't play live a ton personally, but it's got to be a little bit of a gamble <laughs> yeah. when you start using it that way, right? It's a, well, I like that. It's surprising. I like that. Um, so I know you kind of talked about a little um, how you were intrigued by the uncertainty of the instruments, but when did it first come on your radar like what was the first thing that you seen where you were like oh i have to look into this or i have to own this well uh i saw a little youtube movie of heinbach <laughs> and i thought well that sounds pretty nice what is it i saw those wooden instruments i really like them how they look and with the banana cables and I uh, liked what I heard so I just want to uh, test it myself if I like it and I like lo-fi music and I heard a lot of uh, nice noise so yeah just um, uh, just thought mm, maybe I have to try it out but they're quite expensive so you're not gonna buy it try it and then sell it again that's really not me so mm -hmm. um, I uh, watched a lot of movies really a lot of movies uh, about Chiat Lombarda uh, on YouTube and um, the more I saw and the more I thought well everything sounds completely different so it might yeah might be right up my alley so um then there was a second hand coco Qantas came along somewhere on uh, moths i think moth regular and i thought well i might just uh, jump the train and do it i sold some uh, modules some uh yeah so I had some spare money laying around in my pocket that always has to come out again. <laughs> That's how it works. I think we can all relate to <laughs> yeah. that. So uh, I bought it. Yeah. And I instantly liked it. I liked it so much that the next live set, I had it for three days. And the next live set, it was in the Hague at Polybase, it's on my SoundCloud as well. I just um, um, used it. Uh, just the inputs, some really small patching and just used it as a delay and a looper. And I really liked it. And everybody was, wow, where's that gritty sound come is coming from? Well, that's the Coco Quanis. Oh wow, I have to have it. Well, you have to save then because it's quite expensive. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but it's worth it when you get there. Yeah, so but after uh, the Coco Quandus, I um I really want uh, want them all, really. I uh I definitely hear you. <laughs> 
one of the things with the cocoa too, I think that doesn't get spoke about enough is even the inputs themselves, like the preamps on it, if you drive them and you don't touch the delays or the sampling at all, there's still a great kind of rough textural sound that comes from that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the internal oscillators as well. And that use it with the, uh, the, the noise that is coming off um, uh, when you uh, start it up. It's noise coming. And that's really nice noise. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can use it. So, uh, and then with the internal oscillators with that, oh, that's awesome. So one of the things I think people are going to be really curious about mm -hmm. if they uh, have or do go listen to your music is that you do use beats a lot. Yeah. And I think on your album you used an Electron model samples uh, for drums, uh, is that cycles. correct? Cycles. Model cycles. Cycles. Yeah. Oh, sure. So how do you get the Coco to kind of play nicely with more beat oriented music like i know you mentioned earlier that you can sync from your modular yeah. but in in that setup like was there any sort of syncing the coco up or was it just doing its own thing yes it was doing its own thing yeah it was a lot of fiddling around but um yeah it was just doing its own thing yeah uh i did sample in it like uh use the delay a lot on one channel and on the other channel, use what comes after the de delay. So the gray uh, output of one into right. another. That's what I was using. And uh, the sound of the beats are were from the uh, left channel, uh, stereo channel of the cycles. And what, what was going into the Coco Corners was the right channel of the cycles. So I split splitted those. So you could pan some of the drums or, yeah. or parts in the cycles to the right and then only that would go into the yes. Coco. Yeah. So so that's kind of like a clever little workaround yeah. you came up with there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, well, I use it a lot. <laughs> so uh, it's just a simple workaround for a uh, split uh, well, you don't have the stereo um, verb, reverb on the cycles, but I used it. I used it, uh, and it had a, a nice uh, side effect because the stereo is a is a is a of the the reverb is a stereo thing and the delay. But you can use it. Um, yeah, it will spread. So it will spread to the left channel and spread to the right channel. You can use that as a noise or, uh, yeah, th those are those were nice um, side effects of the cycles. I uh, I threw your album on yesterday just on my phone speaker. First, I was setting up a new skateboard mm. <laughs> and uh, just had a quick listen, and I thought, well, I better give this a real listen. So I went for a drive after I was done and, and listened to the album oh, nice. in Thanks. my truck, which, which has a decent stereo. Mm -hmm. oh. And uh, the thing that really stood out to me is the low end sounds incredible. Yeah, um, well, that's I think it's um, the analog heat of Electron I use a lot. And that has a nice, uh, that. well, I can 
enhance the sound. So and um, and uh, what's the other one? The saturation, and that makes a nice low end. But the buses on the uh, motorcycles or the modular uh, are really nice. Well, maybe it's a bit of tweaking or filtering that makes it sounds nice. But yeah, I I always have. Uh, well, it's well. Uh, how do you say that? A signature. How my boss sounds. That's how I like it. So everything sounds a bit like that. And that's good because you want to have a sound. Yeah. You know that people will recognize as you and. And it's good that that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and my melodies are always uh, free-flowing a bit. But yeah, um, I just uh, do everything by ear. Because I I don't want... Uh, I am uh, uh, schooled, uh, musically uh, uh, schooled. I had a... Yeah, so uh, well, I I I, I um, played a baritone saxophone. Oh, cool! Uh, as well. So um, yeah, I know a bit about chords and things, and I can't play piano, but I know where all the notes are and what kind of chords. Yeah, are. you know. Yeah. You know enough about harmony and structure yes. and whatever yeah. to know what goes well together. Yes, yes. but um, uh, but I do everything by ear. I tweak by ear. Yeah, so the, all all the medley, melodies are a bit free, free uh, flowing, mm-hmm. and it's the same with drums. I'm a drummer, so I know a bit about uh, polyrhythm and kind of stuff uh, it's not um, difficult for me but uh, I like uh, to experiment with that as well that's one reason I personally don't do a ton of work <laughs> with drums I'm I'm not a drummer and uh, I probably I don't think I've ever programmed anything interesting beyond a four four yeah beats. yeah four to the floor is uh, <laughs> not my thing no <laughs> Sometimes the plum butter does things, but I don't even know if it's music at that point. Well, as long as it's nice to your ears, it's okay. Right. Um, I I would imagine this will come out later, but this upcoming live stream you have, yes. um, what what exactly do you have prepared for that, and what what stream is that for? Uh, it's for a Jono Welsh uh, modular world. Uh, okay, he does the Dot Wave podcast. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, cool. How do you what what kind of podcast? I think it's called Dot oh, Wave. Oh yeah, the, yeah. I think so as well. Yeah, but I'm on the uh, live stream modular world. Uh, uh, should be maybe in two or three weeks. Okay. It's all pre-recorded, so I can do it easily at home in my studio. And um, that is pretty nice. So do you have to like nail it in a single take or can you? Single take. Okay. Yeah, that's what I want to, but I think that's what it's supposed to uh, be. Yeah. And you're using all your Seat Lombard with that? I'm using all the Seat Lombard with a modular system 
a little modular system. Yeah, uh, it's um, the modular system I'm now gonna use is 60 HP, uh, 6U. So it's uh, 120 HP in total. Just enough. Yeah, that's uh, more than enough. Yeah, but I want I wanted to have some <laughs> modulation going on. So, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and the beats are all from the modular, of course. Uh, Shield Lombarda has no, well, the beats I want to do, like like mm-hmm. trip hoppy down tempo beats. I want them exactly there when I want them to be. And the mm-hmm. bass sound is also modular. And uh, the the main uh, lead is also modular. And that's it. Uh, the percussion is plum butter. Uh, I use the cocoa as a um, uh, looper and uh, delay. And there's a little bit of bass in there as well. And the tetrax I use as an um, uh, effect machine. So not the pads or anything but uh really uh, only affect uh, things yeah so you're not using it for like it's stock raw oscillator tone uh, you've got some that's weird patches going that yeah i've got a really weird patch and i really like it it's like really dark noisy patch and it's going to through a lot of reverb so i like re- reverb a lot yeah you're not alone there either (laughs) um it's funny when i first got the sidrax i didn't use the patch bay for a long time i didn't quite understand it i didn't quite know how it could be useful and then one day i forced myself to just sit down and play with it and it changed i'm like oh everything on this is so cool (laughs) yeah but you just you can patch anything in anything uh, in uh, uh, in Chet Lombarda, uh, the only thing you have to uh, do is uh, if you want to cross patch it, you have to ground it. That's the only thing you have to think about. Uh, mm-hmm. For the rest, you can just patch anything into anything. Input output doesn't matter. You have to know a bit what a what an input is and an output is, but which colors. But other than that, you can just try it out. Well, I think that's the thing. Like a lot of people look at it where, you know, nothing's really labeled. There's not really a manual, but the color coding used for the jacks with like the hot colors being outputs and the cool colors being inputs. It just gets you patching like instinctively. I find like a lot of times I'll stick three or four cables in and I know what they're doing and I know why I put them there, but I didn't have to think about doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, it, you that's, know? That's, that's the amazing thing about Chiat Lombarda. Um, you just patch anything into somewhere and it makes a really awesome sound. And But you don't know what sound that will be. <laughs> so that's, that's great. And uh, well, I have a bit of uh, background now in modular synthesis, but well, you don't have to have that for Chiat Lombarda. Just in, indeed, just know 
what are the inputs, what are the outputs. And uh, everybody said, well, Chiat Lombard, oh, that's difficult, that's difficult. Um, do you know what everything is? No. And it's not difficult as well. Just patch it. That's what it's intended to do. You have to just patch it and make sound. Yeah. You don't need to know every no. move you make. Like, if you did, what is even the fun? Yeah, anymore? no, then it's boring. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, it's not difficult. No. So, are you working on a new album now? Uh, not at the moment, but I've got really uh, a lot of ideas. So, uh, after this live stream, uh, that's gonna happen. I'm gonna record it, and then after that, I'm gonna do a new album with all the Chiat Lombardi stuff. Don't know if I am gonna use the modular with it, but yeah, I think a bit because of the drums. Um, I like ambient, but I like a bit of drums as well. I think that's what's great about your work is all the the qualities of good ambient is there. Oh, it's thank you very much. Kind of a nice, there's just a nice beat on top of it. Yeah, yeah, I like I like that. I like a, a bit of beat and yeah, it's, well, it makes me uh, head bouncing a bit. So I like that. <laughs> it made mine uh, too. I could. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, do you have any other Seattle Lombard purchases on your radar? Um, well, on my radar, yes, but no, <laughs> no, no, not at the moment. I, I just, yeah, I want a Sidrax. I've got a Tetrax, but I want a Sidrax as well. But And uh, I think the Deerhorn is pretty amazing, but that's, well, it's, it's kind of different. The deer horn. It's a different instrument. And there's a bit of deer horn in the plum butter. I use it, but it's well. I don't, I don't know if that is something for me. Sounds nice though. <laughs> Have you used the input on that? Well, I don't use the input. I, I just um, make sound with it. There is um, like uh, a little. Yeah, what is it? Oscill oscillator in it, or, or maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple. Yeah, and and that's uh, really unpredictable, really unpredictable. Uh, uh, now I'm just patch something in, so it's it makes weird sound. And if I like that sound, oh, well, I'm gonna use it. If I don't like it, patch some more, turn the knobs. Maybe there's another sound I like. But the sound itself is nice, but it's a bit, yeah, and you cannot always use it. So that I like the, for that, I like the Tetrax or the Sidrax more. It's more predictable. One thing, um, I started with the Sidrax and got the Tetrax after. One thing I love about the Sidrax is with the, uh, four or five extra bars that it has compared to the Tetrax. Mm -hmm. You can have, say, four or five bars for your melodies and stuff, yeah. but then use the other two to have your weird yeah. textural yeah. stuff. And that's hard to do, I think, both at the same time on no, Tetrax. So that is one thing. You I can't. You can't do that on Tetrax. I tried, but 
like two bars normal uh, output, like uh, a pad sound or a VCO. Uh, it's a uh, yeah, and the other two maybe some effects, but it's not that's not gonna happen. Well, maybe you can, but I can't. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I, well, I think everyone's kind of uh, view on yeah. that is going to be different too, yeah. right? And that's that's what I also like. I want to uh, get the most out of something unpredictable, and that's I I like to trying to get the music uh, pulled out of the plum butter tetrax coco quanis. That's what I like. And I think you definitely do it. Ah, thanks. Thanks. I try to. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to do. And that's kind of what I wanted this podcast to be. Just people explaining how I don't always know what I'm doing, but it's always (laughs) fun. Well, that's, uh, that's why I started modular in the first place. But after a while, modular is not unpredictable enough anymore (laughs) yeah you could kind of get your head around it yeah yeah eventually especially when you kind of build a system and stick with it and you have your things you know doing what you want them to do well i I wasn't um after a while i i thought well do i want a new module Hmm. i don't know which one they're all nuts of any interest for me. Uh, so, yeah, that's when I uh, went to look any further than that. What's more to what's more to modular? What what is there? There is more, and uh, that's where I find the Chiat Lombardi stuff. <laughs>